What does the future hold for Paul Goldschmidt in 2024 and beyond? Will he remain a Cardinal or is this his last season in St. Louis? We'll talk about it today on Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube if you're looking for some visual stimulation. Make sure you join us there. Like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so today is going to be a, an interactive show. Uh, we're going to be going back to one of the uh, episodes that we did last week talking about that that trade that was proposed, uh, the Logan Gilbert trade. So we had so many uh, responses to that one. Some were, some were good, some were angry, so some were confused. So uh, we'll jump into that in uh, segment two. But I want to start today uh, talking about Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, coming into the 2023 season, the Cardinals were sporting not one, but two MVP candidates from the previous season. You had Paul Goldschmidt, who won the award. And then you had Nolan Arenado, who finished third behind the Padres' Manny Machado. And this was Goldie's first time actually winning the award. He finished second twice while he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks back in 2013 and 2015. He also finished third in 2017. The guy has been a model of consistency over his 13-year career. Can't argue against that. And although the Cardinals did get him at the age of 31, so on, I guess what you consider the downside uh, of a guy's career, he really has hardly missed a beat since coming over to St. Louis. Had a little bit rough that first year, but, you know, getting situated and getting used to new places and new people. Uh, but things were great until this year. And then things not so great. But before we talk about that, can we pause for just a moment and look at the trade again real quick? Because when I was putting this episode together, I was like, what has happened to everybody that was involved in that trade? And my goodness, as much as we destroy John Mosellock and, you know, the front office for making some pretty bad deals recently, you know, the Marlins deal, the Tampa Bay deal, we know those were bad. He did really good here. He did really good here. The trade sent catcher, <clears throat> Carson Kelly, pitcher Luke Weaver, infielder Andy Young and a draft pick in exchange for Paul Goldschmidt. Now, let's be honest. The Cardinals and Mo slam dunk this one. I mean, they didn't just slam dunk it. They, they, they drove the lane. They leapt from the free throw line like Michael Jordan, hung on the rim, and basically dangled their twig and berries right on the Diamondbacks' foreheads on this trade. Like, they crushed it here. None of these guys that they moved over to Arizona are even with the team anymore. Luke Weaver with the Yankees now, after bouncing around from the Diamondbacks to the Royals, he was with the Reds, the Mariners, and the Yankees this year. Uh, Carson Kelly dealt with a lot of injuries, which is unfortunate. 
never really lived up to the expectations as a top-rated catcher in the minor leagues. He was DFA'd by Arizona this year, got picked up by the Detroit Tigers, who hold a club option on him for next season. So still going, but future's kind of up in the air. Andrew Young, currently a free agent. And with the draft pick, the D-back selected Dominic Fletcher, who is with the team in the organization, but out fractured his finger this year, only played 28 games on the big league club. So, and it's kind of ironic that, you know, a deal that awful, that awful for the Diamondbacks, that the Cardinals are at home and the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks are playing ball still in the playoffs. You know, they, they make that poopy trade and yeah, here they are up one to nothing against uh, the Dodgers in the uh, NLDS. They're going to be uh, playing later on tonight, by the way, but you got to admit the Cardinals won this trade. So despite the lack of the postseason success that they've had since Goldie has been on this team, because outside of what 2019, when they went to the NLCS got swept by Washington and they haven't had much success in the playoffs since then. Uh, but Goldie's numbers, let's just be specific with him on average for 162 game season with the Cardinals, 286 average, 31 home runs a year, 98 RBIs, top notch defense as well. Got a gold glove in 2021. Human being wise, as a person in, in real life, everybody loves him. Uh, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about Paul Goldschmidt. He's not outspoken or emotional, which is something that can sometimes drive me nuts. I'm somebody who I played with a lot of emotion when I played ball. Um, so it's hard for me to just, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how they don't do it. I don't know how they get overly excited when they do something huge in a game. Like, you know, you hit a walk-off home run or something, how you're just not smiling ear to ear and getting hype. Or when things aren't going well, that you're not breaking baseball bats <laughs> in the dugout. Like, I, I was that kind of guy. Um, I'd love to see more excitement out of him at times when things are going well, but he is who he is. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to change him at this point in his, his career and his life. And it's probably why a lot of people like him in the first place, because he isn't that guy. He's very even keel, very vanilla, very nice guy. Everybody loves him. He He's genuinely been a perfect St. Louis Cardinal baseball player. You know, when you look at what type of person and player you want to be a part of your organization, Paul Goldschmidt's been a perfect St. Louis Cardinal. But all good things come to an end eventually, and we've seen that recently with uh, you know Adam Wainwright this year. You saw it last year with Albert Yachty. This past season is so bad that there were even discussions on whether or not the Cardinals should think about trading Paul Goldschmidt. There was discussion amongst experts and fans alike about shipping him out at the trade deadline this year, see what they could get in, uh, in return to help start this uh not really a rebuild, but the reset of the St. Louis Cardinals for 2024. I actually did a, an entire episode on the positives and negatives on a move like that. And boy, I caught, I caught some heat. <laughs> People were upset with me saying, how could you think about trading a, a Paul Goldschmidt? And I personally, I never really thought the Cardinals would, but it was being discussed. So that's what we do on this show. You know, we find the information that's out there in the world and we start talking about it. And we discuss it here on Locked on Cardinals. That's what it's about. I didn't say, get him out of here. I don't want him anymore. I, I just said, here's an idea. What do you think? And most people didn't like it. But, you know, it was something that was swirling in the in the rumor mills, just like the trading of Nolan Arenado. That, that was brought up as well. But Goldie got a no trade clause, obviously. 
And from all accounts, he loves playing in St. Louis. So that trade speculation, it really died off pretty quick, way quicker than the Arenado trade ideas, because that was swirling for a while there. Didn't help that the Dodgers were kind of feeding the fire, talking about him and stuff. But um, Goldie season, like most people in a Cardinal uniform this past year, a disappointment, a disappointment, you know, I, and I, I expected regression. I did. I think everybody did. We expected regression from his MVP numbers. But I don't think we expect him to fall off this bad. I mean, he fell pretty hard this year. I got the stats to back it up, too. So here you go. Paul Goldschmidt, 2022 MVP. 561 at-bats in 151 games, hit 317. 35 home runs, 117 RBIs. OBP, 404. Slugging, 578. OPS, 981. OPS plus, 177. Led the league in those last three categories. 2023, 593 at bats in 154 games. So a little bit more. Hit 268, 25 home runs, 80 RBIs. On base percentage of 363. Slugging down to 447. OPS down to 810. OPS plus 121, which is still very, very good when 100 is the average, but much less much less than what he did in his uh, MVP season. So to me, I expected regression. This was a little bit more than a slight regression from that 2022 season. He just turned 36. He's got one year remaining on his current deal before becoming eligible for free agency. This could be the final year that Paul Goldschmidt's in a Cardinal uniform. That That is legit. That, that's not me just making things up. It, it's real. Now, Paul Goldschmidt is not, he's not a scrub. There's nothing wrong with him after one down year. I refuse to believe that his skills have eroded so badly in one year that this is what we should expect from him next year. Although we did see Adam Wainwright kind of fall off a cliff and then uh, he plummeted quickly. Matt Carpenter also, remember, they gave him money. He had a good year and then he fell off a cliff. And then rejuvenated in the Yankees, and then he wasn't very good again this year in San Diego. But Paul Goldschmidt is down as his numbers wore. This is where he ranks among all qualified first basemen this year. He was fifth in batting average, fifth in hits, seventh in home runs, twelfth in RBIs. That's not good. Uh, third in walks, also fifth in strikeouts. He did strike out more this year. Sixth in OBP, ninth in slugging, eighth in OPS. A big issue. A big issue this year, and I don't think I really got to point this out to a lot of fans, but a big issue was hitting with runners in scoring position. He caught a lot of flack this year for not being very clutch. Only hit 255 with runners in scoring position in the, this year. Uh, struck out a team high 39 times with runners in scoring position. That, that's that got to improve. It's got to improve. But will he? <laughs> will, will he bounce back? I don't have a crystal ball to tell you that he's going to be back up and hitting, you know, 286, 31 home runs, 95 RBIs next year. They definitely need him to. They need that kind of, they don't need MVP Goldschmidt, although it'd be great to see him again, but they need something better than what they got this year. Now, uh, Bernie Miklas over at scoopswithdannymack.com pointed out in a recent article that fan graphs, their projections do not have Goldie going up. They got him going down, man. Next year. Actually, they did it over two years. Goldie's OPS 
will go down to 803 next year and then 752 in 2025. Slugging, they project 455 to 417 and home runs down to 22 next year and then 17 in 2025. Yikes. That, that, no, 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 no. You cannot have that playing first base every day for you. It's got to be better than that. Now, projections, granted, they don't always pan out. I mean, this, this may be nonsense, you know? I mean, who predicts the future and is correct all the time? Nobody. But what if it's not? What if it's not? What if this is what happens? What if we are on the tipping point of Paul Goldschmidt's career? What if he drops again next year? What if it gets worse? What do we do then? It's one of the reasons why I really wanted to see more at-bats from Luke and Baker at the end of the season. I, I wanted to see what this guy who torched AAA pitching could do at the major league level. And for the longest time, they refused to give him any at-bats. Consistent at-bats. I'm not talking about a pinch hit every five days. Like, no. The Cardinals need to know where they stand after next year with Goldie in case they got to move on. And if they decide um, not to move on, but they decide to keep him around, is he cool with, say, a one-year deal like Adam Wainwright signed? Would you give him a two-year extension? If Baker's not the answer behind him, who, who else do you move there? A lot of people throughout the season have said, Jordan Walker needs to be your first baseman next year. Personally, I still think that is a waste of his size, his speed, and his arm cannon for an arm can run really really well he's just learning to be an outfielder i know he stunk this year in the outfield he knows it but he's learning the position at the major league level he ended up leading the team in assists i believe at the end of the season so he did get better he's got a cannon but if he struggles in the outfield again next year maybe he does belong in the infield alec burleson played some first base so did brennan donovan the Cardinals don't currently have a first baseman ranked in their top 30 prospects, according to MLB Pipeline. So these are just some things to think about. I'm just providing some information. I'm not saying it's time to give up on Goldie. I'm not saying it's time to trade him. I'm just putting it out there so that you know that if he does regress next year, these are some of the things Cardinals, John Mosellock, and the fans have to start thinking about. Uh, we're going to answer some questions about that trade. We got comments. We got questions. So many to get through. We're going to do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stre stressful. Don't don't make them stressful. Don't make situations that should be fun stressful. That, that's a bad, bad way to go through life. Game time. Fast and easy way to buy your tickets for, for sports, music, comedy, theater near you. Great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you don't have to stress. You don't have to freak out about trying to get your tickets. You know you can do it with game time. Get excited about what you're going to do. Don't be stressed about it. Don't have to worry about planning months in advance. We know life changes. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Like if you wanted to go to tonight's Packers-Vegas Raiders game, you can find tickets on game time. They're there. And they've got exclusive flash deals on tickets for all your favorite sports. I know college football, obviously, huge right now. Basketball's about to start up. The St. Louis Blues are getting ready to start up. Concerts, music, comedy, theater, all of it. Game time guarantee also means you get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row, 
for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Tickets get sent directly to your phone. No more digging through emails, trying to find them and pull them up. Get the tickets you want without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off on any of the tickets that you want to go to. It's not just baseball. It's, it's everything. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter anytime you want. Feedback always welcome and encouraged. Uh, it's all about discussion and, uh, you know, being fans uh, of baseball and the Cardinals and trying to figure out how we're going to fix this team for next year. I know we don't have the power that it's all up to John Mosellock and company, but it doesn't mean we can't have fun discussing it. So we had a, an interesting trade idea, a proposal, if you will, last week. Courtesy of Bleacher Report that had the Cardinals sending Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, and Tyler O'Neill to the Seattle Mariners in exchange for pitcher Logan Gilbert. Um, so many people, so many, very divisive on whether or not this was a good deal or not. Uh, let's start with A.E. Schaefer, who says, I don't think I could move Donovan and Gorman both as good as uh, Gilbert is. Much better in my mind to pull Gorman out of this deal and focus on Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, younger pitchers, both who are less established and valuable as of right now. More risk, but Donovan and O'Neill for Miller would be much more productive, I believe. The M's are the correct trading partner for the Cardinals this offseason, but both Gilbert and George Kirby have too much value to realistically race for one. I think he meant to say trade for one there. But um, well thought out response there, Shaper. Thank you very much. Um the Cardinals are in a in a unique spot where they have to fill not one, not two, but possibly three rotation spots next year. We don't know if they're going to believe in what we saw from Zach Thompson or Dakota Hudson or even Drew Rahm. All right, but if, if he's in the rotation next year, come on, what are we doing? Because <laughs> he didn't look good this year. He's not ready. But it makes sense if you were to make a trade for a starter that maybe you should, if that's the plan, is that you're going to sign to trade for one, that perhaps you should aim high in the free agent market. Like, go for the top cream of the crop, Blake Snell, Aranola, Sonny Gray, Shohei Otani, if you will. <laughs> He's not pitching, though, so that doesn't help you. But Go for the cream of the crop in free agency. And then if you're going to make a trade, shoot for that number three or number four guy. That way you aren't giving up as many assets. I I also believe that Seattle hangs on to Gilbert unless they are just blown away by a deal. Like they don't have to trade Logan Gilbert right now. It's not something that they got to do. So um, I, and honestly, I still, I say this a lot. I wish I knew how other GMs valued a guy like Brennan Donovan. We know Gorman is an asset, young, power, but I don't know how much Donovan's worth, especially coming off. I don't know what his worth is coming off of uh, elbow surgery. I don't know what it is among other teams. I don't know how they view him. Is he is he thought of as a, a very good player by other GMs and stuff? Like, I don't know. I mean, I know they think he's a good player, but is he like a missing piece to somebody's playoff puzzle? I don't know. Uh, a. Gomez says... I think this is close to fair. I think the Mariners should include a prospect or a bullpen arm 
for this to be really fair, but that's just details. And if Mo can't get two good starters, I think trading for Gilbert or Dylan Cease is the next best thing. And any of those trades would have to include Gorman and probably one of Edmund or Donovan. Now, if the team gets two good starters, I don't think trading Gorman would be a good idea. All right. Um, I per- I don't like tra- I don't like the idea of trading Gorman either. I don't want to trade Nolan Gorman at all. But like I said in that episode, I- I've seen what this team is like with him in the lineup and all these other guys in the lineup, but no pitching. I've seen what that gets there, gets them nowhere. I am willing to sacrifice some of this offense because I think it's easier to get your hands on hitters than it is top tier pitching. But Gorman is elite power, guys. He is elite, top of the food chain power. Like we're watching Kyle Schwarber in the playoffs again. Doesn't matter where he goes, they go to the playoffs, it seems like. Um, I don't know what he's done tonight yet, hasn't done much in the playoffs. So far, let's see, 0 for 2 so far tonight. So we haven't seen much from him yet, but that threat of the long ball with him at the top of the Phillies order is massive. And Gorman is the same type of threat. He possesses that type of power. Like pitchers are, I know that he strikes out just like Schwarber, but people will fear his power. They started to this year. And he's so young, guys. He's only 23. But on the other side of it, can he stay healthy? That's a great question. I don't know. Those back issues continue to to bother me. I worry about it. Hopefully, it's just something that came up this year and they'll figure out a way to get through it and get past it. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I, Really hope it's not like a Tyler O'Neill situation where every couple of weeks he's out of the lineup for three or four days because his back keeps acting up. I don't know if it was because of hitting. I don't know if it was because of playing in the field. I have no idea what caused it. But I hope it gets I hope it gets fixed. <laughs> if I'm moving a Nolan Gorman, if it has to happen, I'm moving him in a trade, it better be for an elite pitcher. I think I can stomach Donovan O'Neill and a prospect for Gilbert, but I'm hesitant to move Gorman for anything that's not like an elite arm. And although I like Gilbert, I think he's really, really good financially. He's cheap and he's young. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure I could do it. I feel like I would get cold feet, but I'm not a, I'm not Mo and I'm not a baseball GM. So it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, Dennis Falstrom says, I agree that we will have to give up talent to get talent. It seems like Donovan Gorman and O'Neill is a steep price to pay for a pitcher who would be a number three starter for most clubs. Perhaps our well-publicized need for starters is working against us. I hope not. I'd say O'Neill and either Gorman or Donovan would be a fair exchange for Gilbert, even in our weak bargaining position. I think with the Cardinals' well-established winning format based on speed, defense, and pitching and a ballpark design to support that kind of team, we should not rule out using Walker and Wynn as potential trade ships for the pitching we badly need. Package either with Carlson for a number two starter and the other with Yepes for a second good starter. Then get DeWitt to part with some of his cash to get us a free agent stud like Nola and two good bullpen arms. And the cards are back to their proven profile for winning. Wow. Thank you, Dennis. Hey, a lot to unpack there. Quite a quite a book you wrote there, Dennis. I appreciate it, though. I, I see Intelligent thoughts, though. You know, Dennis is thinking about this. Um, let's start with... 
let's focus on the statement that Gilbert is a number three starter on most teams. I got to disagree with you on that one, Dennis. Um, let's go through some teams. That'll be fun. Let's start in the central. Uh, Gilbert on the Cardinals right now. He's your number one, right? Better than Michaelis, better than Mats. Number one, no problem. Milwaukee, Burns and Woodruff. Woodruff's been hurt. Okay, okay. I'll give you number three there. Uh, Cubs, number two, probably behind Steele. I, he's better than Stroman. Uh, Pirates, he's your number one. Reds, he's your number one. Uh, Green and Lodolo haven't proven anything at all. Abbott was a rookie, tailed off in the last two months. He's better than all of them. Um, let's do the non-playoff teams because we know the playoff team's half pitching. It's why they're in the playoffs right now. Um, Angels, he'd be there number two behind Otani, who may not even be there, which means he'd be there number one if Otani leaves. Uh, Oakland, number one. Giants, number two behind Webb. Guardians, number two behind Bieber because McKenzie's hurt, although Bybee was pretty darn good this year, but I'd say number two. Mets, he's your number one or number two now that they traded Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, Quintana, not number one. I'd say he's number one or number two with Kodai Senga there. Nationals, he's number one. Padres, probably number two behind Snell. You um, Darvish, probably number three in that situation. Red Sox, number one. Oh, don't forget, Snell's a free agent. So even if you Darvish was your number two, he'd move up to number one. Red Sox, he'd be their number one or two, depending on how you feel about Chris Sale. Rockies, number one. Royals, number one. Tigers, number one. Or maybe two. I'll give you Eduardo Rodriguez if you want to go there. White Sox, number two behind Cease, although his numbers are actually, other than strikeouts, are better than Dylan Cease this past year. Yankees behind Garrett Cole. I'd, I'd take him over Carlos Rodon right now after what you saw from Rodon this year. So that's all of them, right? I think we can debunk the idea that he's a number three on, on most teams. I think I've proven that point. Playoff teams, yeah, probably a two or a three for most of them but because they're all pretty good. That's why they're in the playoffs. By the way, the Rays pitching staff, I was going through this earlier today. How nasty is that staff healthy? McClanahan, Eflin, Glasnow, Rasmussen, and Taj Bradley. Now, McClanahan's out next year, Rasmussen out until at least the middle of the season, which makes me now think that trading Tyler Glass now is not a great idea if I'm in Tampa Bay. Might not be something they want to do with both of those guys out, but that's a nasty pitching staff. Um, and then as far as trading Walker or when I know nobody is untradeable. Mo says that all the time, but I'd say that those are a couple of the closest things to it on the roster. I suppose I'd need a list of pitchers you'd be receiving in return for deals that included Walker and Wynn and then Carlson and Yepes. But like I said above to a previous post, maybe the, the smart play here is to not give up so much to in a trade, but buy your number one and number two guys, then make a trade for a guy that you'd consider as a number three or number four. That way it doesn't rip you of guys like Walker, Wynn, or Gorman. You don't have to give them up. All right, one more here. Nelson Ward says, all three Cardinals are injured. If I was the Mariners GM, no go, especially Broneal. Trade Marmel for a Scooby snack. Keep Gorman. Does that Scooby snack have swing and mess stuff from the mound? That's my question for you. Have you guys ever had the liquor shot called the Scooby snack, though? It's pretty good. I'm not a big coconut guy. It's got some coconut flavor in it, but uh, not bad. Kind of a greenish blue color. I don't know. 
Ask for it sometime when you're out. All right, we got to wrap things up here. We're going long. We'll wrap it up with uh, a little bit of playoff chatter next on Locked on Cardinals. All right, let's talk playoffs. Uh, only the American League in action on Sunday. And my Rangers, my Ra- I told you, Rangers took it to the Orioles, who did make it interesting later on in that game. But Rangers put up nine. And the first three innings, even after they fell behind two to nothing, and they win this one 11 to eight. Uh, the Orioles, Grayson Rodriguez, one of the top young pitchers in all of baseball, according to scouts. He was numero uno, best young prospect, pitching prospect in baseball when the season began. Got shelled, five runs, six hits, four walks, and an inning and two thirds. He did not have a good, a good rookie year this year. Grayson Rodriguez was not good. They're not going to give up on him. Because of it, but still, got a lot to improve on. Uh, Mitch Garber hits that grand slam in the third inning. Corey Seager walks five times. Former Cardinal uh, Dolis Garcia, two for five. Jordan Montgomery got the start in that one for the Rangers. Really didn't have his good stuff. Didn't look comfortable out there at all. Fell behind early, two to nothing. A lot of five runs, four of them earned in four innings of work. Just, you know, one of those days for Monty. But gave him four innings, which is better than nothing. But Rangers are up now. Two nothing that best of five series. Don't forget, best of five right now in this series. And uh, I saw a lot of people online talking about that. Like, it's broken. The playoff format stinks because now we're playing best of five. I, I I don't. How is it broken? I personally, I thought it should be best of seven, but five's what they went with. So win your ball games, and then it's not broken. Uh, then in Houston, the Carlos Correa revenge series continues. He goes three for four. Three RBIs against his old team. Pablo Lopez, a guy we thought the Cardinals might trade for last year. Goes seven shutout innings with seven to get the W over Framber Valdez, who lasted just four and a third. Allowed five runs, seven hits. That series now tied at one game apiece. Uh, National League tonight. Phillies and Braves going on right now as I record this. Three to nothing Phillies. Three to nothing Phillies, man. Phillies are just good. Phillies are just good at baseball. Let's just be honest. Zach Wheeler on the mound for them against Max Fried for Atlanta. And then you got the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers later on. Arizona up 1-0 in that series. Former Cardinal prospect Zach Gallen on the bump against rookie Bobby Miller. Kind of like my chances for the Snakes in that one with Gallen on Miller, man. All right. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for making everything. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals. Not everything, but thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, do me a solid. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals, JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube, okay? If you watch this video, if you just hit the bing, just hammer that like button. I'd appreciate that. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. We got, we got a whole off season to discuss things going on with the Cardinals. Uh, we'll have some interesting stuff. Going to have some guests. Supposed to have some lined up this week. So hopefully a couple of prospects coming down the pipeline as well. So we got things going on. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Have a good one.